I'm Tim, um, and it is an honor and a pleasure to be here speaking this evening. Um, I want to start with a fun fact about myself. I am really good at crashing things, crashing vehicles, um, anything with wheels, anything that moves, really, by which I mean I'm really bad at crashing things. Um, I've crashed bikes, motorbikes, quad bikes, mountain boards. I'm a man zealous for a good helmet. Um, <laughs> And my, my, my um, license is firmly provisional. Um, you know those, like, those bikes, and they're like in tandem, parallel to each other. You have like, a board across the back and like, a, a covering. It's like a car, but you cycle. Yeah? Get the idea a little bit. You might have seen like, families of four going on quaint little cycles on the beach on holiday. I've managed to crash one of those into a ditch. Um, when, this is embarrassing. Um, I didn't know you could crash a wheelbarrow, but I managed to. <laughs> be inside a wheelbarrow, crash it, and break an arm in the process. Um, so I kind of know the moment where you're, you're on the bike and you're going over the handlebars, or you're, kind of, you're losing control of the bike, um, and there's that feeling in your stomach, that kind of twisting in your stomach, and the coldness, it's like, oh, what's going to happen now? Brace myself for impacts of losing control. I wonder if you can empathize with that losing of control in the situation. Today, I want to talk to you about control and fear and the sustaining power of Jesus. I'm going to read our passage as we continue in our Colossians 1 series, and I'm going to pray. So we're, we're focusing on verse 17, um, but I'm going to read verse 16 as well. Um, For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So Paul is, the author of this book, is writing this letter to the church in Colossae. Um, and he's writing it for a number of reasons, to encourage them and to address a couple of issues that have arisen inside of the church. He does this by starting in this passage that we're going through in the series that really eloquently and powerfully displays who Jesus is. And that's because if we're going to have any sustained kind of lifelong change in our lives, it needs to be rooted in who Jesus is and who we are in him. So what had happened, what had gone on in the church that led Paul to write this? Well, this is, a, this is the time before Google Street View before Planet Earth 2, and it was a world full of unknowns. And they started to, they'd, they'd grown fearful of their place in the world. They didn't really know around them. They, they were like powerful governments and an unexplainable universe. And so they sought control over their world. Uh, commentators writing on the book agreed that some of them had been waylaid. And they turned to thinking about angels and the powers they might have um, instead of Jesus. So they were fearful of their place in the world, and they sought control, and so they turned to these powers. These are the powers that uh, Paul is addressing in verse 16, when he talks about these authorities and dominions and visible and invisible that aren't Jesus. So they, they wanted control, and they were fearful. Do we? Do we like control? I think we're quite similar to these guys in Colossae. Our culture preaches, like, sustain yourself like hold yourself together, that you, you, you can do it, that you are all, all you need. I mean, we're after the advent of flight, but we're still in a world full of unknowns. We still don't know our future. 
we're told to be independent, be self-sustaining. I don't know if you, there's that famous Nike um, campaign, advertisement campaign, and, it, and the video finishes with just do it, and it starts with everything you need is everything you have. And you've got this video, people like running really hard and like pumping music, and you, could, you feel like, yeah, you can do anything. Then if you've left the cinema and felt like you can just do anything, <laughs> I would watch James Bond films, leave and be like, yeah, I can take on anyone. <laughs> this is my life now. I'm going to join MI6. I, that, I might have carried on a bit, and then I, yeah, didn't, didn't do that. Um, stick to the script. Um, <laughs> so our culture preaches that you are the commander of your fate, you're the captain of your soul, fix up, look sharp, get that 401k pension plan, hold yourself together, and if you're not, are you really taking responsibility? If you're not that self-sustaining unit as an adult in the 21st century in Britain? We like to be in control. We like to order the world around us. We like things to make sense and be under our hands. Do you like to be in control? Do you want to be self-sufficient to be your own sustainer? If you're anything like me, I think the answer is probably yes. So the church that Paul's writing to, and both us, we want control, and that's what we're told. And so Paul writes this letter with this immense truth that it is Jesus who holds all things together, that it is him, that he not only created all things, that's what we read, heard about last week, but it's so immensely powerful that it is his continual sustaining word over creation. Hebrews 1.3, the Son sustains all things by his powerful word. That it is continual speaking of his sustaining word over creation that maintains it. He is a sustainer. Nothing else will do. He is in control. It is not us, but it is him. All of this passage that we're going through, including this verse, has always and will always be true about Jesus. It was true in the time of the Old Testament before he came as a man. And this is powerfully put in Isaiah 46. Um, I'm just going to read it out because it's, it's wonderful. Um, so this is, so Isaiah 46 says, You whom I have upheld, this is Jesus speaking, basically, since you were conceived and have carried since your birth, even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he, I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. He's the creator and the sustainer. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. To whom will you compare me or count me equal? To whom will you compare me or count me equal? This is Jesus. Angels won't do. We won't do. It is him. He alone sustains. This was true in the Old Testament, and it was true as he came as a man and was a number of cells in the womb. I don't really get, can't really get my head around it, but he was sustaining the life of his mum and the world around him. It was, a, it was true slightly later that when he was born, people might have heard the story, gave him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, and that he was sustaining both the gifts that he was then given, but also the people who gave him the gifts, and maybe yeah, also the camels that they came on, he was sustaining them. It was true, and I find this maybe even harder to get my head around, as a teenage guy, as a teenage guy, he was sustaining the whole world, learning to like, 
makes stuff in his dad's carpentry shop, going through puberty, he was sustaining the universe. It was true, as nails went through his hands, that he was sustaining his death. He was holding together the people who were killing him. He was holding together the, the nails that held him, in a sense, to that tree. He held us in that moment. He holds this place together. He holds us. He is the sustainer. He holds together this, what is this, lectern? He holds together this lectern. He holds your, your organs, your hair, your t-shirt, your, this floor. If it weren't for his continual sustaining words, then nothing would have the right to exist by itself. So he is the sustainer. He holds all things together. He's more wonderful and powerful and bigger than we often realize. He holds all things together, not me, not angels, not other powers, not society, but it's the Christ. What, what makes this such good news? I mean, our society makes kind of being in control so attractive, but the truth of it is that we could never do that ourselves. Try and be in control 24-7 is kind of like building a, a sandcastle on a beach and putting your faith in it that it's going to defeat the relentless tide. It's not going to work. If you are relying on yourself, if you are trying to sustain yourself, it's trying to keep all those balls in the air, those plates spinning, then when it, if it's something slips, it's just, it's just you. You feel like you're responsible. Sustaining yourself is hard. And you feel like, maybe I should have just tried harder in that job application, or I should have done something more. It's my fault. We're not meant to do it. He is. He is. I am, I am weak, and he is strong. This is the gospel. No more could we sustain ourselves now than we could take ourselves from death to life. He has done it all, he, and he still does it, it all. You need Jesus. He bought you, and he now sustains you. Philippians 1, we heard earlier, he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That's his return. He will carry you through. Jesus holds all things together, and I can't. That's wonderful news, because therefore I don't need to sustain myself. I don't need to worry or be in control. Have you, have you caught a whiff of the freedom that comes with being with Jesus? That he holds all things together, therefore you don't need to be in control. You don't need to worry. You don't need to have that fear. This means that Jesus um, didn't just get creation going, kind of, like a, kind of like a watchmaker. He might make a watch very carefully and then wind it up and then put it on the side. And he can, he can sell it and it will keep on going. He didn't just create the universe really well and then put it down. As if verse 16 and last Sunday and creation happened, but verse 17 had fallen off the page. No, it's not like that maybe that the new owner of the watch comes to the watchmaker and is like, oh, there's this issue, and the watchmaker has to be like, oh, okay, what's going on? Let's, get, let's give it a service. Let's get involved. No, he is always involved. He is already involved. He holds all things together.
sometimes I find myself believing. And though the watchmaker idea is putting it quite bluntly, I find myself acting like this in my, in my prayer. Uh, maybe you can key in with this. The idea that kind of lives with me deep down, though I may not realize it, that God only gets properly involved in my life sometimes. That my, perhaps particularly when I pray about something, that like, my housing is separate to Christ. Like recently, we're trying to sort out like housing and a job. Um, and they're kind of separate to God. And it's kind of like me going to him and being like, God's got a situation over there. Like, can, can, you, can you get involved? I know, I know you want to, but it's over there, and I'm, I'm, really, I'm really struggling. We're like, will you, will you do it? Instead of the fact that he's already sustaining the situation, he's already holding all things together, he's already in charge. Do you do this? Do you see areas of your life as kind of separate from his sustaining power, like he isn't already there, that he isn't already holding you together, carrying you through, sustaining you? Jesus holds all things together, therefore I don't need to be in control. Jesus holds all things together, therefore you don't need to be in control don't need to worry or fear. He holds us together. He has my, my housing and my job and my future. He has, your, he has the parts of your life that feel like, like quicksands, like they might just disappear at any moment. He has them. You don't know. And yet he hasn't just given you that area of responsibility in your life, that calling or that job, and then just told you to, to run away with it and to do it. No, he... He's intimately involved. He has your, your future. He has the other side of my September. In him, we live and move and have our being. He holds us together. In one part of Jesus' life, he, he, he points to people around him. He's like, look at, the, look at the grass of the field. Look at the birds of the air. Look at how they are. Look at how they're clothed. Look at how they are fed. Your father knows what you need don't worry about it. And he, and he says, um, who among you by worrying could add an hour to your life? Well, the answer is none of us, but the answer is also that he, he holds all things together. He could add an hour to your life if he wanted to. We need not worry about responsibilities or the situations we are in because he holds all things. He is sovereign. He lovingly holds all things together Therefore, I don't need to be in control. I don't need to worry. This is not a call to passivity, but a call to rest in him, find comfort in him. We don't need to, to hold our lives together. Just as ably as he holds the universe that we see together. He holds our hopes and our fears. He is a good, sustaining God. It is not a, a force or an idea or a virtue holding together this place, but a person who you know, and his name is Jesus. What do we what do, we do um, because of this? Well, firstly, for, for some of us, it might be expressing how we feel to him. Maybe you feel like you're in the process of, of crashing that bike. You're, you're going over the handlebars, and you're in the air, and nothing you seem to do seems to make any difference anymore. All you can do is brace yourself for the, the fallout. 
for the impacts. It seems hopeless. Perhaps you feel like you're driving along now, but you're constantly checking back into that rear view mirror, that thing that you did or didn't do in the past, or that thing that happened to you, and you feel like you're going to constantly be glancing up at that, that thing for the rest of your life that's going to overshadow you, slow you down. You, lost, you felt like you lost control then, and it's too late. Well, you need to bring that to him. And know, and know the truth. that This doesn't have the power to dictate the rest of your life. Jesus is supreme. He knows your pain and will take you free. He did not sustain the nails that held him to that tree so he would let you, so he could get you, only to let you fall away through circumstance. He has you for a purpose. It says in Romans 8, um, he works all things for the good of those who love him. He has called you for a purpose. He will establish his purposes in your life. So express your pain, acknowledge the truth, and you've got to keep on doing that. With my, my housing and job situation, I've got to constantly, like, it's tomorrow morning, and I'm like, flip what am I doing? I need to remind myself of the truth that he holds all things together, that he is the loving sustainer, that he has me, that I'm not going to fall apart, that there's a future that he knows about, that he is a good God. And then we have to worship him who has, sustains all things, who is the God who is immensely powerful, who is, who is wonderful, who sustained us while we were opposed to him, who sustains us that we might know him.